It's the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 3, Episode 13, Maddie and T-Swift's Birthday Spectacular. <laughs> Welcome all, brought to you by the Inside the Ring Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on X at Inside underscore the underscore rink. Download the Inside the Rink app. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button on YouTube if you're watching us there. Great to have you again. And Smitty has some info on signing up for ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, you can go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and sign up today. I have ESPN+. Plus. I love all the college sports, UFC, and NHL hockey. So sign up for ESPN+. Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN today so you don't miss any of the NHL action one last time. Sign up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. You've been into the into the bowl season, have you? I think the... Uh, the... The, the the ball gag bowl was last night. <laughs> yeah. Those. I saw yeah. somebody tweet out today, uh, make your own bowl, bowl game. And it was uh, the last place you, the last place you shopped, uh, the last thing you ate or drank, and then add bowl. So I had the Liquor World Latte Bowl. And I'm going to oh. tell you what, I kind of love it. <laughs> I'm kinda, I kind of love it. Yeah, I, so I, it was I, the last place you shopped. Liquor okay. World. Yep. Okay, Liquor World. <laughs> <laughs> last, last thing I had to eat was a caramel latte from our friends at Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, yeah. Shout out. And uh, bowl. Yeah, the bowl games. Probably going to be a couple of four and seven teams all drunk and, and high on caffeine <laughs> and just going yes. at it. I guess you didn't do, you, you don't have a bunghole liquors like over in Peabody there. No, no bunghole liquors. No, no. Imagine if it was Bunghole Burger King Bowl or something like that. Oh, that would be fitting. Bunghole Burger King Bowl. (laughs) That would be fitting. (laughs) Uh, I think I I would have been Dollar Tree uh, Meatball Bowl. Dollar Tree Meatball Bowl. I had a a meatball tonight. Just a singular meatball. (laughs) Just a singular ball. A solo ball. (laughs) Just a ball of meat tonight. Yeah. Uh, You know, protein and all. Sure. Um. Yeah, so that that's an interesting little uh, that's an interesting little game. It's catchy as hell, though. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I did yeah, too. I like that one. Yeah, it was uh, was a Georgia Southern against uh, you know Indiana State Wesleyan or someone. Yeah, it's not yeah. going to be. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be anybody that's uh, no. that's playing for for anything meaningful. <laughs> No, not, not playing not for, a, for the the prize at the end. Probably a six pack of natural light and uh, you know yeah. a, a bag of yeah. um, coffee that you have to roast yourself. Right. Who's in the Fenway Bowls? BC in the Fen- BC. In the I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I could give Fenway Bowls. Are real. I'll tell you what, I could give a frog's fat ass who are in any of the bowl games. Yes. Do yes. a fucking playoff system. Uh, please yeah. and thank you. Please. To, please. The fact that a couple of these teams got left out of the college football playoffs is is absolutely ridiculous to me. How Florida State doesn't make it with an undefeated record, I will never know. Yeah. A power conference team with yeah. an undefeated record. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it's really shocking, really. Yeah. Left it's out. Really, it's really so, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the bowl se- the whole bowl season thing, like, you know, shooting it to the sun. I, I could care less. Yeah. 
Yeah. No one else would get shoot under the sun is this past week of Bruins hockey. Sure. Losing three out of four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, haven't had that in a while. Yeah. On December 13, my birthday and Taylor Swift's birthday mm-hmm. at, at New Jersey, exit 16W, a loss two to one in overtime. Bruins jump out to a lead in the first on a goal by Morgan Geeky, who's been playing well for them, but mm-hmm. another blown lead in the third, and they lose in overtime on a goal by Jack Hughes. Too much time and space for a player. That good, yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, uh, the blown leads thing is is get is t- taken to a whole new level this week. They're just coughing them up here left and right, and uh, you know we'll talk about it a little bit later. But uh, that's a problem that they really need to correct here. And and this will be this week four straight games all went to overtime too. Just can't four just straight games yeah. Just I mean they're comp- competing and competitive, but. Um, you know, the, the blown leads thing is, is definitely going to come back to bite them in the ass if they don't get this thing figured out before the playoffs come. Yeah, sure. And then uh, two days later on the 15th at the Islanders, a 5-4 to four win and a shootout. Mason Lowry ties it late from behind the net and a kind of a weird goal in the corner. Yeah. The Bruins win in the shootout on goals by Coyle and Pasternak, and this was uh, actually one of the games where they actually came back late. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, recipe that's been killing them of late, but they actually do it to the Islanders this time and get the win. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice win. I mean, it was a hard fought game, kind of a back and forth game. Uh, Bruins were chasing the score kind of all night long, and then Lowry banks one in late, and Coyle and uh, Pasternak both with beautiful shootout goals. I think Coyle was a like a backhand roof thing, and then Pasternak does that little pullback kind of behind himself there, and just lets one fly, and the goalie has no idea where it's going, and it usually goes in the net. <laughs> that's a that's quite a snipe. It what is a move that is. It oh, really is. Lord. Can you imagine? Uh, and then the next day, second night of a back to back, the Rangers at home, a two to one loss in overtime. Again, the Bruins get the lead this time in the second on a goal by Trent Frederick, but then they blow the lead in the third again. Vinny Trocek with a goal in the third to tie it about six minutes left and wins it in overtime when <laughs> it looked like the defense of the Bruins just kind of the controller died and they let him just go yeah. right through yeah. to the net. Like no one marked him. No. And I know Grizzlick was on the ice for a minute and a half or so, but still you can go with him. Yeah. I mean, to the net. I mean, he, you could even glide backwards. I mean, he didn't even move at all. He just stood there and then the pass no. went through and, they let him and right there. yeah. And then Trocek scored and that was it. Uh, yeah. Was kind that. of a, you know, a recurring theme, not a great, not a great win, uh, loss, um, but they, you know, this is the, what they've been doing of late and uh, really all year with the, the collapsing and giving up leads late in games. So, you know, like we said before, it's kind of beating a dead horse here, but they really need to get this thing figured out before it's too late. You know, Vinny Trocek is a guy I kind of, in the past, I wanted the Bruins to kind of get. I wanted know, him when he was, like yeah, yeah, when he was with Carolina, uh, before he signed with Carolina, right. I wanted the Bruins to go hard for him because I think he plays uh, the style that they like. He's a little bit gritty. He's a little bit feisty, but he's got a lot of skill and a lot of talent. And I thought he would have fit in perfectly here, but, um, you know, never came to be. 
but alas, yes, uh, the Bruins did not get him. <laughs> no, they didn't, uh, and, and may not get anyone. No, uh, but uh, on December the nineteenth, last night, uh, Minnesota at home, four to three loss in overtime. This one was a this one stung a bit because the Bruins played, I thought, really well for large chunks of the game. Uh, and Pasternak scores two goals after Minnesota takes the lead early, but the Bruins with a lead again going into the third, but can't hold on. Minnesota was like 0 and 11 or something, uh, not leading after two. Yeah. Uh, just never come back to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they gave up the lead, but Marshan ties it late with the extra attacker in a six on four situation, a scramble in front of the net. But they lose in overtime. Jake DeBrus struggles continue. We'll talk about Jake, but man, this is a shot you can't take. You rip it wide around the boards the other way. You're, your teammates going to the net. You're to the left of the net with no chance of coming back. It's a three on one the other way. Doesn't hustle back at all to get back back on the back check and of course Kaprizov is going to score that a million times out of a million mm-hmm. uh, but not a great look for a guy who's just not producing offensively people are talking about his his two-way game and it's defensively his stats are fine and so forth but damn it you are top six forward you've got to score yeah you've got to score goals they they can't afford to have him struggling like this they can't I mean, they're, uh, I no. will talk about this a little bit later too, but they're 18th in goals in the league, 17th uh, in shooting percentage, and 19th in assists. Like, uh-huh. you, you're, they're great defensively, but, you know, you got to put the puck in the net. You know, this is, that's part of the reason they lost to Minnesota is they had a 2-1 lead, and they had a million chances and now granted flurry stood on his head and was sensational in this game but you know if they bury even one of those chances and give themselves a two-goal lead i think minnesota is like okay you know we're not coming back and that wraps it up and you win probably going away yeah you probably win four two five two or something but instead you know one shot beats you and then it does and then you're tied and then you lose so, um, you know, they just don't have a lot of margin for error offensively right now. So you need all your top six guys showing up to play. And he looked like John Tavares on the back check in that game. He was just gliding back. Like, there's a three-on-one in fucking overtime, dude. Yeah. Get your ass back. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, that was just a, one of those he shot it and just was like, fuck it. Like, yeah. I'm going to shoot it, see if I can hit the corner of the net. Didn't go in. Okay, great. Like, it's just one of those, like, I don't know. It wasn't a great look at all for a guy who's had some ups and downs and some yeah. bad looks in the past. And we talked about this. Like, are you really going to invest in a guy that you don't really know what you're going to get? It's up and down the roller coaster with this guy. Like, it's just, I mean, and he's really playing himself out of a, of a long contract. Like, he sure he's is. all set up to get a five or six year deal. And this is his big contract. Now you might be looking at another bridge, another prove it deal. With a guy like DeBrusque. Because yeah. he shot himself on the foot. Yeah, if he was coming off a, le- a year like he had last year, you know, now, this year, he's looking at a four or five-year deal for four, sure. f- five, six million dollars. Sure, but sure. But not now he isn't. Now he's looking yeah. probably at a one, two, three-year deal tops, you know, yeah. around, around where he is probably, three, four uh-huh. million. I mean, maybe there'll be a a bad team that'll give him a little bit more and, you know, he could go there and, and produce without any pressure on him. Maybe, Uh, maybe that's what he needs. 
But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, they need him to be much better than he has been offensively, for sure. I think they might deal him. I, I'm, and, you know, it's, and I don't, and, and Sweeney doesn't do this kind of thing. Like he doesn't do this kind of thing. Yeah. But I think they might, I think they might just be like, you know what, Jake, we just can't keep doing it. We're not going to keep doing it for another couple of years. We're just not going to keep doing it. Yeah. So it, it, they might, they might, I, I'm, they you know, I'm coming like, around on that too. I'm with you. I don't think Sweeney likes to trade off, off the NHL roster during the season, but no. With a guy like this who's really kind of letting you down here offensively, you really need to upgrade that top six group. You do, and 100%. You really need, you know, him to get going, and then another guy. Like, you another need, more, you know, right. they need more than just that. So, sure. um, if Jake isn't producing coming into the trade deadline, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, wouldn't shock me if they did make a move with him. Yeah, and and it wouldn't shock me either. And I think it, I think it might be coming. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so in the, you know, in the last few weeks here. I, I didn't think so at all. But I think it might now. I, I don't know. Uh, all right, Seven Chirps is sponsored by Lobster Brewing, Lobster Brewery and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers, including the the Bar Down New England IPA. Uh, it's open seven days a week. Use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order at lobsterbrewing.com. And you can also follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. And Chirp number one, Fabian Lysel. In the comments by his coach... Uh, that were a little uh, interesting, and in, in, in let's uh, let's hear the clip now. When you look at a guy like Lysel, how, how have you seen him progress over over his time here? Um, listen, there's a lot of good things he does. He he's been creating anxiety with his feet, um, but for Fabian, you know, he has to recognize that sometimes there's not always a play to be made. I think that's still in his growth. Um, he's learning that it's not not saying that he won't but you know the team game is is real important and he's got you know five other guys there I I, you know I hate the play in the third period where he's trying to beat a guy one on four that's the stuff he's got to get out of his game and it's it's recognizing that and you know we're getting into year two here he's got to start buying in or he won't play for Jim Montgomery that's a big part of you know Monty's game is is the team game and and building the team game and and a lot of that is possession. You can't, you can't necessarily chip the puck, get it back, uh, expand, and hit the weak side D. You need five other guys to be a part of that, and you have to be connected and a willingness to, to play that way. And until until you do, then you know you're out of here. You're not in the American League. Then you're you know you're Jim Montgomery's problem. But until then, he's got to start. He's got to start building that into his game. Boy, that's interesting. In that he flat out says he's not going to play for Jim Montgomery. Yeah, and um, it, it's just in tonight against the Marlies. It, about eight minutes left in the second period, it's a two to two game, and what does he do? One on four inside the blue line, and loses the puck uh, again. Um, I don't know. It, it, I find it interesting, and uh, you know, I'll hear your thoughts on it, and then I and then I have an interesting thought as. That a sort of a deeper uh, look at it. Go ahead. I I find it very interesting, and the part that stuck out to me was that um, when he, if he gets out of the AHL and and up to the Bruins, he'll be Jim Montgomery's problem, not right. Ji- not like Jim Montgomery's player, or he'll be playing right. in the NHL. He'll problem. be his problem. So that right. sounds like he really has 
problems kind of fitting into the team concept down there. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, maybe it's a thing between him and the coach where the coach really doesn't like him. He's never liked him. You know, it could be an issue of that. Um, but it sounds really more like on ice, he's just kind of selfish uh, and, and tries to do too much. And maybe he's trying to do too much to prove himself. But that's not going to get you noticed unless it's getting you noticed uh, in the wrong ways. So here's my problem in the in the scouting process when you're drafting players. Like, why is it that the Bruins are trying to get a guy like this and then try to make him into their their two way? you know, defensively conscious player, you know, they know, why don't they know this going in that a guy like Lysel, Brett Harrison, there've been other guys too in the past that they, they don't play a ton of defense. They do this one-on-one stuff. They have very good offensive talent, but you're telling, why, why are you, I have a problem with, who they're who they're scouting, who they're drafting, and if there's an actual plan there, if there's a profile of a player that they that they look at, and or are they just are they just you know staring at the board and throwing darts at it? I mean, by some of the picks in the past, it seems like they may be throwing, <laughs> staring at the board and throwing, throwing darts. does this? Yeah. Why are you surprised? Right. So the staring at the board and throwing darts, I mean, if that was the case, like, you know, the board in 2015 probably would have had a lot better guys on it when they were throwing the darts. So did they, did they like, were there a couple of pages stuck together? And they, when they turned the page over, they like, there a whole section was missing. And then he threw the dart and they were like, Zach's an And they were like, was Zaxanition? What, 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 what? He's on page four. Yeah. That's not a page one guy. What are, what are we doing here, fellas? Is somebody jerking off with the magazine again? I mean, can we, can we figure some things out? I mean, I get, I agree what you're saying though about about Lysel because I think that um, he really has an issue with how the team game is played. And then, you know, do you do you scout a guy like that and just be like, look, he's not going to play defense for us. You know, this is an offensive guy. We have to cultivate that side of his game. Uh, That's what's going to get him to the league. It's not whether he's going to be the next Patrice Bergeron. Not everybody's Patrice Bergeron. David Pasternak came into the league and he was not great defensively. But but you you brought him in here because he could score goals and make plays and he's dynamic offensively. And his game, his defensive game has grown. It's still not good. People say all you want. If you can back check enough and still put up points and do the things that should be good enough. He's terrible in his own Pasternak's terrible in his own zone. Terrible. Last night against Minnesota, there was a few times where he just went out to the point and like waved his stick around and the defenseman walked around him and went in for really high quality chances. So it's Mm -hmm. not like he's lighting the world on fire defensively. So if you have guys that you draft that aren't great defensively, like you, you should you should be you shouldn't be trying to change them into a different type of player. They should be able to be the player they are and then just add some to their defensive game enough that they can play at the NHL level and produce offensively and do the stuff offensively that you need them to do and hope that the other guys on the ice will will cover up for that. 
Well, they seem to draft Patra because he had some defensive attributes, like he could play some defense and he was a well-rounded player. So what I don't understand is it just seems that they're drafting guys who are, who are a certain type of player and then, and then trying to mold them into something else that they're not. And that, that to me, that's really a risky game because, you know, a guy like Fabian Lysel is never going to be, you know, Hendrik Zetterberg or something like he's going to be this you know Guy Carbono. yeah but you know he, you know they draft him because he's supremely talented offensively but this is what you kind of get with him so I don't understand I guess I don't understand like if there's a certain profile of a type of player that they're looking for this guy doesn't seem to fit that profile and now we get into danger zone time where the Providence coaches obviously had enough with them like yeah. he's obviously very frustrated to say he's going to be Monty's problem. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's a real choice of words there. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, and he said stuff about Merkulov too earlier in the season. Like Mujinov seems to not care what he's. I mean, he'll he'll be pretty blunt. Yeah. In point uh, with his with his players, and I think that you know I just I just don't understand. I guess what they're doing in drafting and how they identify players and say, okay, this is, this is kind of the player that we want. If you're, if you're really defensively conscious as a, as an organization and you want two way players in your forward group, then that's who you should be drafting. Like that's yeah. who you should be drafting they own it, own it own it right you should be draft you should be going after the gritty guys who are going to win puck battles and those kind of things like don't don't draft europeans that float you know that doesn't fit your profile of the team that you want to be like that that this has got back to the whole thing of what is their identity what do they want their identity to be hard to play against you know and then we talked about that before what does that really mean what is hard to play is it a hard four check where you have where you're beating guys up? Is it, you know, holding the puck down? Well, like, what is it? And I don't know if they really know. Like, they have an idea of, like, yeah, hard to play against, like, puck possession. But, like, you don't have all these guys. Not all the guys that you draft are Charlie Coyle size that can possess the puck down low. You're drafting guys like Lysel, who are 5'10 or 5'11. You know, Patra is 5'10, 170. He's not a, you know, down low puck possession guy. So really, what is your identity? And, right. and I don't really think they know what it is. It's, it's, so either. it's defense and goaltending, but st- their defense still isn't built like you would want to build a defense like no. that. You know, mm-hmm. it's not nasty right. and defense minded. It's, it's puck movers. Some of them are small. Right. Some of them are big. Not any of them really are physical. Lindholm isn't. No. Lowry isn't. Grizzlick isn't. You know, Forbort's you know, big, but he's slow. He's not a puck mover. So, like, what are you really doing? Do you really, do you really have any idea what your, what your identity is as a team? And even though they're playing well and they gel well together and the culture's great, I don't really think they draft and develop to a certain identity. I really don't. No, I, I think it's, and I think it's again. I think there's a difference in philosophy between Sweeney and Neely. Neely was a power forward, mm-hmm. banging guys, gritty, you know, to the front of the net, you know, the whole thing. Like he was like fighting and tough, and he wants he wants the hitting and everything. And Sweeney was a a, a diminutive defenseman who right. who could skate. 
You know, he was Matt Grizzlick, really. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, so that's who he was. So he likes puck movers and, and stuff like that and fluid skaters. And Neely wants to bang you through the glass. Yeah. Like, so there's a diff, there's, there's a difference in philosophy there for sure. Because every once in a while, Neely will say, okay, go get, you know, Nick Ritchie. Go get, you know, Zach Ronaldo. Like when he gets pissed off. Right. Go ahead and get these guys. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, they're just getting guys just to get guys. I don't even know what exactly they're trying to do. Now they've been really good because they had a really good core of players and they really hit a home run with Pasternak. I mean, he's a prolific goal scorer, but you know, now I, I I'd like to see them as they move the roster over to, to find an identity and to try to piece in some guys that, that actually fit what they're trying to do. Like you said, and you know, um, all right. Chirp two. Matt Potra goes to World Juniors. Do you agree or disagree with this move? I think I agree with it, just because of the way they had been handling him. You know, he he he's benched in third periods. You know, he sits out the other night against. Uh, you know, I guess it was against the Islanders, right? He sat out that game, right? Because uh, the Islanders are kind of a, a physical team, maybe. It was for that reason. I don't know. Um, first of a second night of a back-to-back or whatever it is. But I, I, I really think he needs to go play a bunch of minutes, gain his confidence back, um, and, and play kind of in all situations and, and so forth to uh, to kind of get going here again. And maybe he'll be rejuvenated for the second half of the season. Because I, I really haven't liked the way the Bruins have handled them this year. And, and you know, if they're going to continue to do the third period benchings and stuff, I would rather see him go somewhere and play a bunch of minutes. Yeah, I mean, he's been teetering on, you know, being kind of there. You know, he's he's done some decent things, and then some other times you really kind of see his his age. You kind of see his size being a problem. You see, you know, the the rigorous schedule being a problem. I mean, there's been some times when uh, I could see why they would they would load management him. I just don't love the whole sitting him in the third. Like if you're going to load management management the thing, then sit him for a game yeah. and schedule games off like Leo Carlson. Like yeah. just why, why are we sitting? Why are they sitting him in the third? That's that looks weird. First of all, yeah, it just looks weird. And it looks like you have no faith in the kid, right? Which he pretty much said, I'm going to go with the guys who help us win. That tells that tells Potra, a 19 year old that he's not helping you win. So he's not good enough to play in the third period. I just think it's really a weird way to handle it. Like the whole, just, just sit him. Just sit him in certain yeah. games. It is it is a weird um, way to handle it, and and he shouldn't be handling it that way. And it does no. give Patra pause, I think, for you know how how the coaching staff feels about him, and and you know it, it just it it's not good for his long term development. I don't think to to handle him in that way. No, and I don't think so either. I I I was against sending the World Juniors just because I didn't think they had anybody. They're really thin at center, and they really could use his playmaking at center. But now I'm okay with it because of what you said. It's just I'd rather that than have him go play against good competition in a tournament for his country than than to sit in the third period. Yeah, like it's just uh, yeah. I'd just rather do that. Um, all right, chirp number three. Yay or nay segment. Yay or nay on Anthony Duclair. Uh, yay. Yay for me. I am yay, yay on the Duclair. Yeah, I, okay. he is fast, number one. He is aggressive, number two. So he'll hit and, and so forth. And he can score goals and make plays. 
Uh, so yeah, all in. Sure, sign me up. Okay. They could use more guys that are fast and can score and hit. So yes, one hundred percent yes. Okay. Played for seven franchises over twelve seasons, five hundred eighteen games, one hundred twenty eight goals, one hundred forty four assists for two hundred seventy two points plus thirty nine. Was on the Panthers last year. Mm-hmm. Now with the Sharks. Yep. And um, a guy that you could probably get right now. And I would be with it too. Like I, I, if you could put him in there at second line winger, I think, I think that's a pretty good thing. Now, would you include DeBrusque in something like that? Not for him. No, you could probably get him for a lower round pick. I would think. Right. Maybe not a, you know, maybe, maybe a third or something like that. Okay. I don't know. Maybe not, maybe not, but um, you know, maybe it would be a second, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you would need to trade DeBrusque. You could trade DeBrusque on a bigger trade to pull in somebody else, I think. Right. But, um, yeah, I would 100% to do, do the Duclair thing. I think he would mm-hmm. fit right into, you know, one of those lines there, second, third line, uh, just fine and and, well, and like help them. Well, like you said, they could use another guy. Yeah, they could. So on Duclair. Right. <laughs> right. So that's, you know, that's where you need either Jake to get going or bring someone in to replace Jake's lack of production. Okay. So, so yay on the, on the, on Anthony Duclair. And I am too. I think, I think that would actually be a decent little move for them. Sure would. It would. Especially if, like you said, if it wasn't for a big return, like that's a decent little move. Yeah. Cause he competes too. He competes and he's, you know, he's a plus player. So he, you know, clearly values defense uh, and, you know, scores, has more assists than goals. So, you know, can make some plays. So yeah, I think that would be a real nice ad. I mean, basically he's uh, like a half point per game Mm -hmm. guy. That would be fit right in to their team, you know, right in the middle of their, of their forwards. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, all right, Chirp Four. Who is the next prospect you think will get a look on the Bruins? Who's the next call up of a prospect? I think it could very well be uh, Farinacci. I was going to say Merkulov, but I think it's going to mm-hmm. be Farinacci. Um, I think he showed. Uh, has shown well kind of all season long in Providence, you know, was leading them in scoring. I'm not sure if he still is or not, but he was leading them in scoring. Um, makes a lot of plays. You know, he's tenacious, a um, little bit of grit. So I think he's a guy that you could see maybe get some time. Yeah, I think uh, Merkulov is uh, 13 points in his last 10 games. He's okay. been hot as a pistol. But farinacci has been the most consistent player. And he's also... A guy who plays a 200 foot game and was a captain at Harvard, yeah, and is a you know mature leader mm-hmm. type, so he would be a safe bet uh, to be pulled up. And I think that with Patra out for two and a half weeks or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I think that you might see him in this two and a half week window. Has he, do you know? Gets up. Do you know, or or our esteemed producer uh, Connor? Do you know if he has been playing forward or center down? I'm wing or center down in uh, Providence, Farinacci. You know, I can look up tonight's lines right now for you. Thank right you. Here. That's sweet. That's and a nice will, thing. And I will tell you if he is actually a. Let's see, Mark Mark Dibber who has. Uh, does a great job. A of, does, does a great job. job on the Providence Bruins stuff. It's a great follow at Mark Diver. Sure is. 
Yep. Uh, Farinacci is third line center tonight with Tapo and McLaughlin. There you go. So yeah, there's there's there a go. little center depth that you could bring up, and and I think he would be uh, kind of a natural guy to fill in there. I think Merkulov should get a look at some point this year. He's he's been uh, too good to not get a look. So I really feel yeah. like his his time is coming. Um, cause I, I, they did say Mujinal has said previously that Merkulov has really addressed some of the defensive deficiencies in his game and really yes. improved on that, uh, earlier this year, that was kind of his focus why he got off to kind of a slow start. So it seems like now he's kind of found the defensive side of his game and, and now the offense is coming back to where it was last year, where he was really, uh, had a tremendous, uh, rookie season there for, uh, the baby bees. Yeah, I, I, I like Farinacci too. Here's a here's a dark horse. Yeah. Here's a dark horse if you want to go DraftKings Sportsbook, if you want to go like, <laughs> you know, get, get yeah. some. Plus 800, plus, plus yeah, 1,000. Plus, plus, plus 1,500 yeah. for uh, Justin Brazo. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a big guy. He's got some. Forward, yeah. Forward. Nine goals, nine assists this year for Providence. Always seems to score goals. Yeah, got he's some meat on him. Dude. Yeah, he's 6'4", 230, 240, whatever. He's a big, you know, heavy-footed skater. Uh, but he... But so he so slow play. is what you're yeah, saying? Slow. Yeah, slow. Yeah. Uh, but big and slow has never stopped the Bruins before. No, it has not. So uh, he, he could be he could be a call-up at some point, uh, you know, at, along the way here, too. So that's a that's a dark horse. I like Farinacci, too, but, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Brazo. Gets a gets a shot at. I like that. All right, uh, chirp five. Monty is being a little more critical lately of people in the media. You know, he's had it with the you know DeBrusque. He had some some words about. He's had words about some other guys on the team, Patra, and it's usually the younger guys, mm -hmm. not necessarily the older guys. But it does sound like he sounds more like Bruce Cassidy by the day, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Last yeah. year, you know, he comes in, you know, I'm going to learn from the veteran leadership. I mean, Bergeron's gone too. So there's, sure. you know, that, that veteran, you know, steady veteran presence is gone. So maybe he feels like he has a, has to have a little bit of a heavier hand uh, kind of communicating with the team and, and the leadership and so forth. Cause the rest of the Bruins leadership outside of Marshand is, is all fairly young too. I mean, McAvoy's yeah. pretty young and, you know, yeah. Pasternak, I guess has been in the league a while, but seems kind of immature. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, maybe he feels just like he needs to be a little bit more heavy handed, but uh, yeah, I, it's, it's interesting to see him kind of taking a more, you know, critical approach rather than mm -hmm. the, the love fest that was last year. Right. And, and Cassidy, you know, got, it was pretty much goddamn mutiny. Right. For, from Cassidy for doing, you know, the whole, you know, we need to save there. Like the whole yeah. Cassidy thing is like that, that he did that over and over again. And the players didn't love it. You know, I, yeah. I mean, the media loved it and the fans loved it because right. he told it like it is. Like, yeah. Great. That's refreshing. Wonderful. But after a while, the players are like, stop talking about me in the media, dude. Right. So and now with Monty doing it, it's just I find it funny. I find it interesting that now he's OK to say, you know what? No, this, you know, he's been pretty forthright uh, on certain guys, you know, in, in the media and saying 
this is what it is. Now, Cassidy went more for, I mean, he went at Coyle. He went at some some of the core mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. You know, he, he would say, like, the goalies, like, mm-hmm. but Monty's more about, the, you know, the rookies. He can lean, and that's, like, tale as old as time. Sure. Like, NHL coaches always rip the rookies and always set, you know, use them as examples. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a coward move, but they do all the time. But, uh, but yeah, Monty's been doing that. And I find it very interesting uh, and see where it goes. Really? Uh, we'll see. Um, all right. Chirp number six, Bruins late game collapse, collapse is already serious problem. Ty Anderson has a tweet with the glaring differences between last year and this year. The Bruins last year, 47-1-2 last year when leading after two, best in the league. This year, their 684 win percentage is 29th in the league. Only Columbus, Calgary, and San Jose, three bottom dwellers, have been worse at protecting leads through 40 minutes. Interesting. That hurts. It hurts. Bad. Bad. I mean, they would be, they would, if they were protecting leads like they were last year, they would have a similar record to what they had last year. Cause, cause they've had, they have had what, six overtime losses or something like that. Overtime six. Yeah. Yeah. Four, four, oh, and six in overtime. Right. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, some other, uh, you know, losses late in the thirds of, of regulation games where they don't even make it to overtime or whatever. They could be sitting here with, you know, two, three, four losses instead of, you know, five or six and, and six overtime lot. I mean, they could, they would have a, a very, very similar record to last year if they were protecting leads at the same clip, but they're not. And it's a real problem. I I don't really know how to fix it. They are, um, out physical at times, at times their shifts are too long and they're out there for too long. At times they can't get a clear when they need one. They can't get a play when they need one. They can't find a rebound when they need one. Like last night, you know, McAvoy blocks the shot, falls basically at his feet. He can't find the puck and, and somebody grabs it and throws it in. Uh, Ryan Hartman grabs it and throws it in. Um, you know, they, they gave up two rebound goals on, on pucks that bounced right back into the slot. And, and uh, you know, and then the the overtime winner was uh you know nothing Allmark could do on that it was a three on one with a cross crease for a one timer for Kaprizov who's not going to miss that but um you know they just they just have found ways to lose instead of finding ways to win and uh, they do it in new and spectacular ways every game and every week. You know, how about Danton Heinen? Before before Marshan scored, he had a couple of golden opportunities, shot one right in the belly in the slot by himself. Then there was one in tight where he, I don't know if he missed the net from three inches away. I don't know what it yeah. was. But Jesus, like, and that's the thing about someone like Heinen. Like, I know everybody loves him. And everybody talks about his defense of this. And he's, he's, he's PJ Axelson all over again. Like he has no finish yeah. at all. And he's just, you know, he's Danny Paye there. Yeah. He's Danny. Does someone, someone actually tweeted out last night. If, if Danton Heinen had hands and a scoring ability, he would be a five, five to $6 million a year yes. player. 100%. Cause he does everything well and he gets really good chances. 
He just can't finish oh my them. God. He Doesn't finishes them like five percent of the time. He gets the best chances. Yeah, like every time he does. A he he moves well without the puck. He has a good stick. He does all the right things. He makes little plays, uh, but he just can't. The finish just isn't there, and it's it, it drives you crazy. Kind of like Pie. The guy would have two or three breakaways a game, and you know, right. high glass. You know, into the crowd, into the goalie's crest. I mean, it was just it was comical to watch. Like the guy came in, and his hands were just so tense on the stick it was yeah. uh it was like he was you know trying to strangle someone and instead you know he strangled the life out of his stick and uh and 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 in the scoring chance i mean you can see why pie was a sixth overall pick or whatever yeah it's all as as every all the tools sure like all the tools and then just you know high glass crew you know, it just yeah. it just wasn't working. Yeah. Uh, all right, chirp seven. How much do the Bruins need a top six forward at the deadline? They're 18th in the league in goals, 19th in assists, 17th in shooting percentage. Is it time for an upgrade or bite your tongue? Is this a transition year because the bees aren't a serious contender? Ooh, I I mean they I I would like to, I would like them to make a move for somebody and and go for it here. Uh, you don't know how many more years you're gonna have with uh, Marchand, um, so uh, who knows what their goalie situation is gonna look like in a few years? Is Swayman gonna stay? You know, are they gonna sign him long term? What's the story with Allmark? So um, you know, I really think you know, especially now when you have a team that's at the top of their division and and you know, one of the top teams in the league, you really have to go for it. So I'm mortgaging what I can mortgage and I'm trying to find guys who can score some goals and, and, uh, you know, maybe find a guy to shore up that defense too and and make another run at it. What the fuck? Maybe you get hot, you know, you got the goaltending to maybe get hot in the playoffs and, and, uh, you know, get on a little hot streak and make a run. You know, I coming into the year, this was, had all the makings of a transition. Sure, I did. Yeah, and it probably would have been okay. I mean, we get it. I mean, Jesus. But if you look at the team now and the rest of the league, like they have the goaltending, like you said, they have a top pair defense that's very good. They they play good defensive hockey for the most part. You know, they have a great goal scorer. They have. Brad Marshy and they have like a lot of the pieces there. They're literally like two moves away from still being, uh, you know, with a legitimate chance to win the cup. Sure. Legitimate chance. Yeah. So you, you should, to me, if you're that close, you do it every time. Sure. You do. You, you go for it every time. If you're that close, they're not four moves away. No, they're like two. Yeah. And then they're there again. Like it's, it's, uh, it's right there for them. So I would say that they have every chance right now to make a couple of moves and really be a serious contender to win the cup. They do. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they do. I think they are right there. Uh, they have most of the stuff that you need. They just need a little more help on the goal scoring area. Uh, Jake, are you listening? Help. <laughs> Jesus, Jake. Uh, and yeah. uh, maybe you need to take the jinx off of Jake. Take the, take the, yeah, take the, the voodoo. Pr- yeah, take the voodoo hex off of Jake. You put it on oh him when you said your, your long term, you know, bold prediction was Jake was going to suck this year. You need to take the hex off of the goddamn guy and, and help him out for crying out loud. 
You know what? My bold prediction that one time was that he'd score 25 or whatever, and he did it. Yes. That's what I'm saying. That one. I think you, do you have a DeBrusque voodoo doll in your house? (laughs) (laughs) No, I just have a, uh, a Frederick. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I, I don't have one. You got a Frederick fight club shirt at your house and a, and a Potsy t-shirt. I gotta get a a DeBrusque. Like what are those little things you beat up? What are those little soft little, those little Muppet things? What do they call them? I don't uh, know. Or, like a, or a like bo- a like a pillow pet? What are you What are you those, talking those about? Little pillows, those little whatever. A stress ball. Things. A stress ball. <laughs> yes, one of those. I need a Jake DeBrusque plushie or plushie. I need I need a Jake DeBrusque stress ball so I can squeeze the life out yeah. of it when he does right. dumb shit. But right, let's take the hex off him right now. Unhex him, please. I'm, I'm, take, I'm taking the hex off of Jake DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque this week is my pick to click this week. Okay. What's what? So now we. So this, th- this is what we need to have happen, though. You need to change your bold prediction to something else, so that yes, Jake's not on the hook it. anymore. Do it. Do it. My bold prediction <laughs> to something else. Okay. Anything else at all? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Don't. Do, I mean, with no. No, not anything else. It needs to. You need to not predict that uh, a player on the Bruins will boldly be bad. <laughs> you got. You got. You got Your bold prediction needs to be something. Like you could say that Jake DeBrus will have seven fights or something instead. If you want to have a bold prediction, you know, Milan Lucic comes back. They let him back on the team somehow, and he scores a game-winning goal. That could be a bold prediction. I don't care. But uh, yeah, you got to take the hex off of Jake. Okay, I'm going. Uh, all right. Bold prediction. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, I'm going to go Pasternak for sixty goals. All right, I love it. I think Pasternak he's on pace right now goals. for fifty-two or three. I yeah. believe. That should not count. That was not a bold prediction about Jake DeBrusque. If you need to change the voodoo back to good because you had it from good and changed it to bad, you need to make a good prediction. How many goals he's going to score in a certain Ooh, amount of time? Oh, you got to go to you got to go yeah. good oh, for Jake. Go Jake got to okay. be specific to Jake. No cheating here. No, okay. no. I'm gonna. I'm, okay, I'm going. I'm going. Jake scores. Uh, let me see. Will Jake uh, get to twenty? Jake. Jake gets. Yes, I'm going to go. Jake gets. What's he have now? Four. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I'm going to go. Uh, when's the All Star break? Uh, I don't I'm know anything else. Jake scores ten more by the All Star break, break. in February. Yeah, Jake has ten more by the All Star break, so he'll have fourteen goals by the All Star break. And that is February third, so basically okay. six basically, weeks. Away. Yeah, basically six weeks. Yeah, he has four goals, seven assists, eleven points in twenty nine games, and he is a plus five. He's shooting right now at six point two percent. Which yeah. is uh, below almost all of the forwards, and I'm also going to say this: I think I think Jake gets multiple goals this week. These three games, Winnipeg. Um, who else do they play? Winnipeg, Minnesota, and Buffalo. He scores multiple goals in these three games, so at least two goals in the. Three so games. here's so here's an interesting little tidbit, and I'll just throw this out there. Just. Just throwing it out there. In his career, when Jake's had good years, okay, 2017 uh, as a rookie, 
70 games, 16 goals. He shot 11.2%. 2018, uh, 27 goals. Uh, he shot at 17%. Wow. Uh, in 2019, 19 goals in 65 games, 11.8%. 2020, COVID year, 41 games, 5 goals, 5.4%. Wow. Uh, 2021, 77 games, 25 goals, 136 and 2022, last year, uh, 64 games, 27 goals, 14.1%. This year, 29 games, 6.2. So in the two years where he's been bad, he's been under 10%. He's been bad. And he's yeah. been bad. So yeah. uh, this is an under 10% year right now. So it's not looking good. So we need no Jake context on your prediction to turn it around. You are predicting 10 goals in 19. 19- 19 games 10 goals and 19 games yep there it is yep turned it around there it is there it is jake is gonna jake this this last game where he where he fucked up the overtime th- this is gonna he's gonna get a goal he's gonna get at least two goals in these next three games he's gonna light the lamp and it's gonna and jake scores them in bunches he does he goes. tell you so what we need selly season back and we need it back big time Selly season yeah. and a big old celebration you know, yeah. when he, when he scores a goal and I'm going to say it's right at, it's at Winnipeg. He, he lights the lamp. Boom. Love it. And he scores. So there you go. Uh, but here's, here's the bigger question. Are you a Swifty? Yes, I am. I, yeah. I freely admit it. Yeah. I am. I like her music. Uh, I think yeah. she, she does everything the right way, treats people the right way for, for a celebrity pretty unbelievable that she seems like a, a regular person for the most part. So, uh, yeah, I'm all in on Taylor. I would go see her in concert. 100%. I'll tell you what, I, I like her, her non pop, like her non hits. Yeah. Like there's some really good songs she has on mm-hmm. her non hits, like more of the indie kind of right. style. I like those songs, but I'll say this. I I became even bigger fan of her when they showed a clip of her at the Patriots game, saying, "What? The <laughs> fuck? Yeah, like, screaming, when, when screaming swear words. Tell you nothing zone. more endearing than yeah. a beautiful girl screaming swear words oh, yeah. at the top of her lungs. Oh my god, that you know? was like I immediately fell in love. Yeah, like, Jesus yeah, Christ. throw her in some kind of a hat. You know, sw- yeah. swearing like a truck driver. I love it. Yeah. One hundred percent. I'm vegetarian. Just yeah. fucking letting it loose. And I'm in. And the God, there it is. I mean, she's yeah. a good kisser. <laughs> she's a good Uh-oh. kisser. Oh, look at her. Yeah, she's a good yeah. kisser. Matt uh, looks yeah. I, Matt looks happy in that picture. Yeah, I'm happy as a pig and shit right yep. there. Look at me. Yep. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Maybe I should play the lottery or go to DraftKings Sportsbook. Boston's hometown sportsbook is live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. With DraftKings to celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks. That's DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7. 
21 plus, physically present in mass. Eligibility restrictions apply. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Opt-in required. Bonus issued as free bets. Terms at DraftKings.com slash MA. And we've got a beauty for this week. And the beauty is the one and only David Pasternak. This will teach those filthy bastards who's lovable. Pasternak in his last 10 games has six goals, six assists for 12 points. Uh, He is a prolific goal scorer. Uh, He is uh, at 19 goals on the season now. And uh, in just 27 years old, he's, he's just, he's worth, he's worth just about every penny. I mean, I know people were talking about his, his money and the contract and everything, but this guy, just produces. I mean, and I'll tell you what, he's a better passer than given credit for. Like he can really pass the puck. He can. He's, he has a pretty good all around game for a guy of his offensive production. I would say, mm. you know, there aren't a lot of guys and I mean, look at Ovechkin's defensive metrics. They're horrendous, horrendous. you know? So for a guy who scores at the level <laughs> that he does, he really does a pretty good job uh, I mean, I know I just said he was terrible in the defensive zone and that stuff, but overall, his defensive game is not that bad. So, um, you know, for a guy to put up numbers like that and then still kind of contribute here and there defensively, uh, you know, it's a pretty good and rare trait to have uh, in a guy of that ilk. I'll tell you why. And, and here's a, here's an interesting tidbit I heard from Greg Wyshynski today. If you took out, if you if we didn't take out the COVID time period and also the lockout of 0405 and Ovechkin was on the same pace he'd have 899 goals five goals more than Gretzky right now if he didn't lose the COVID time and the 0405 lockout yeah the COVID time and the yeah I mean those that's gonna hurt him because he seems like he's fallen off here some this this season yeah Uh, this is the end of the line yeah it seems like it might be uh for him so um, you know, it's, it's too bad. I think he'll hang on though and, and, and get the record. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. So now we have a bender and that's our good friend, Pat Maroon. I'm a bender. Because why not? He just, <laughs> <laughs> he just always does stuff that irritates the hell out of me. Uh, last night he hit McAvoy through the numbers, uh, knocked McAvoy's helmet off and was looking like incredulous, like why people would be coming after him after the hit. Like you just put there Norris trophy caliber defenseman, you know, through the, through the boards who just can't return from injury. Uh, you, you wonder why guys are coming after you and why the fans are looking for a penalty. Uh, and Jacob Lacko lit him up. I believe yeah. it was a lot called behind the net or it might've been steam behind the net, just floored him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was a great hit. Uh, and that fourth line played excellent, excellent last yeah. night. Yeah. And it was too yeah. bad that they, <clears throat> they couldn't get uh, a little bit more reward with a, with a win uh, for how well they played. Yeah, it was it was Steen because because Jack Edwards with the line of the night said, "I'm not doing the tail of the tape." 
<laughs> because of the maroon yeah. situation last time. Yeah, and, and the weight uh, stuff. Yeah. You know, maroon kind of turned. He turned. I think they didn't call it because he kind of turned his body as he was hitting him. It's still a dirty asshole hit. Sure it is. And he, but he made it look not as bad by kind of turning. He didn't go face forward into him. But it was, it was you know, right through the numbers, like you said. It was through the and numbers. Was, and then I think he slid off to the left after he bounced right. him off the glass. So, like, 240 right. pounds, full speed, into the glass from behind. And then he slides mm-hmm. off to the left. And then it's like, yeah. oh, uh, he, he caught him on the side there. Nope. Yeah. No, he didn't. Uh, and I'll tell you what. There's this very few people more fucking useless than Pat Maroon yeah. on a hockey, in a hockey rink. Like, he, he adds nothing else right now. In his, in his, he has three goals and nine assists. You know, he adds nothing else to the, to the thing right now. I mean, he's just sort of a blob. He beat the bag out of Paco Wotherspoon after Wotherspoon uh, laid a big hit. Did he ever? Yeah. Yeah. So he can do that, uh, apparently. Um, But, you know, Justin Brazo, I feel like, you know, might have more offensive upside and whatnot than Maroon. But but he's a similar ilk as far as, like, skating and size-wise where – I don't know if he's going to be able to get up and down the ice. Brazo, I'm talking about, uh, right. because he's he's similar, I think, in, in Maroon in that regard, where he's a real big body and he's not real fast. So trying to keep with NHL pace of play might be a challenge for him. Maroon does have three goals and nine assists for 12 points. I will be the defender with him on my fantasy team. I went to drop his lazy ass and was ultimately shocked. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean still. That, that's, I guess that's kind of shocking, but uh, he still sucks. Um, yeah. All right, this the centennial season, and we do the spotlight. And it's the great Norman Levier, who we saw at the Garden in the Rangers game. Uh, he came out with, with Ray Bork and others. It was great to see him, to have him... You know, just still be able to be around after what happened to him in 1982, 41 years ago. Yeah, crazy. Uh, it's just crazy. And it happened in Vancouver back then. He played 66 games with Boston his rookie year, 14 goals, 19 assists. And then during that season in 82-83, he had three goals and six assists in the first nine games. Uh, it was really coming on as one of the really good young players in the league and had this uh, terrible uh, aneurysm that cost him his career and almost his life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Bork and him have a long standing relationship. They were roommates. He didn't speak any English, uh, and, uh, Bork helped him. He <laughs> Bork had a funny story where, where Norman will, would eat what Ray ate because he couldn't order at restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> so Ray would Ray would order the meal and he'd eat the same thing. Yeah, um, but uh, it's a great you know, relationship they've had, and I know that Peter McNabb, for many years, was would bring Norman Levier around the garden back in the day. Back when I covered the team in the mid '90s, I saw Levier a couple times there, um, and it's great that he has been such a great part of the the Bruins organization. And it was just great to see him out there, and that he's still. Uh, you know, still doing his thing. And, um, you know, it's just great to have him as part of the organization. Yeah, it, it was, it's, it's too bad really, because he really had a promising 
career. You know, he had a pretty good rookie year, and then he was really starting to come on there in his in his second year. And and it's too bad that it was tragically cut short like that. But it is great to see him out and around and with the guys from his his team and his era the other night at the at the era's night. And I'll tell you something: the Bruins are doing a great job uh, with all the centennial. Uh, different celebrations and stuff for all the different eras from from the different teams and and uh you know it's great to see some of these alumni back at the garden and and the tributes and all that stuff they've they've really done a, a real nice job of kind of honoring these guys um from the different eras and and so forth uh at the uh at the garden and and for the Bruins so if you can you, you know try to get over there and see some of this stuff and and some of the centennial celebrations and and uh different era tributes at the garden absolutely uh all right and it's uh providence bruins spotlight and this week the beauty of the week for the providence bruins is georgia mcculloff in five games five goals four assists he did does have an assist tonight on a goal by dan renouf won a face off back to renouf for a goal uh he has six goals and seven assists in his last 10 and right now at 10 goals, 13 assists on the season in 27 games. Um, and like you said earlier, his defensive game is coming along. And, you know, here's a guy who next year definitely, I, I believe, gets a spot. And if you can have Patra and Merkulov and Beecher as your centerman next season, that's a pretty good job. Uh, by the drafting and developing and, and having three homegrown centers. Yeah, I, th- I think he may come in and start on a wing. That's what they've done with some of the guys. You know, Beecher's played a little bit of wing um, previously, and, you know, he's a bigger guy. Merkulov, a little bit of a smaller guy. I think they like their centers. Usually fairly big. Coyle's a big guy. Beecher's a big guy. You know, they had Nosek, who was big. Um, so you may see him come in and start at the wing, but they really do need a guy with his kind of playmaking ability, uh, you know, an offensive touch, you know, because they're struggling for it right now at the at the pro level. Sure. Uh, all right. And Connor has the big reveal. I have no idea who it is. The prospect spotlight. And I'm not 100% sure who the hell it is. Drum roll. <laughs> Can we get a drum roll? Not a single one. Awesome. No Not prospects to spotlight yeah. because There's the no prospect spotlight. pool. You know we already spot. We already spotlighted Justin. Is Brent, terrible. So, yeah, we did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There the we prospect, go. The prospect school sucks. And we the are depressed. School sucks. We are depressed. Um, but Justin Brezzo is a guy. I'm. 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 I'm going for it. It's a dark horse. Dark horse call up sometime this year love it um, all right week ahead bruins will be at winnipeg on twelve twenty two. the next night at minnesota for a rematch with the wild on twelve twenty three. and then after a christmas break it's twelve twenty seven at the buffalo sabers a team the bruins have dominated and you guessed it right now it is trivia time trivia all right can you guys hear me pretty good yeah, yeah. i think so all right, perfect. For whatever reason, your guys' audio on your end is coming out funky for me. But nice. anywho, yeah. Bruins goaltender question of the week. Okay. Who had the most Bruins shutouts in their entire Bruins career? Oh, the fuck. The most shutouts. I'm going to go. I think most t- shutouts. I think I'm it's Tiny Thompson. Tuka. 
Is it Tiny Thompson? Ding, 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 ding. Tiny, Tiny Thompson, Thompson with yeah. 74 shutouts. Can you Jesus. name any of the other in the top four? Tuka. That's number two. Okay. Uh, um, <clears throat> um, Cheevers. Nope. I'm going to go. Uh, who is the other guy? Brimsek. Brimsek. Number three. There you go. Okay. All right. Tyler Tom- is on fire. Tim Thomas. One. Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas is number four. Damn. Wow. We got four for four. Bang, Jesus Christ. Look at this. <clears throat> My God. We're going to have to give you something. All right. I'm going to, yeah. Two out Goalie of three. Pads. I got an extra one for you today. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> the award in the <clears throat> AHL for the best defenseman <clears throat> is named after which? Bruins defenseman. Is it the Brad Park Award? Negative. Okay. Is it the uh, Bobby Orr Award? No, that's what I thought it would be as well. Kirk. That's what shocked me. That's why this is, is it, a thumper. <clears throat> is it the Ray Bork Award? <laughs> nope. Is it the Tommy Cross Award? <clears throat> <laughs> it is not the Tommy <laughs> Cross Award. <laughs> the Glenn Wesley Award. <clears throat> um, the Ally Afraidy Award. It, it's it's Bruins hockey, baby. Uh Mike Milbury. Old know. school Bruins hockey. Old oh, Eddie Shore? Eddie Shore Eddie Shore. Eddie Shore. It's the Eddie Shore Award. Okay. Eddie Shore Award. Okay. Man, wow. Tyler's really sweeping the yeah, board tonight. Maddie's going to have to be paying for the next bar tab or something. I, I, I don't guess. Know. We're going to have to I keep guess. a running tally uh, from episode. Yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Yeah, until I start to lose, and then we can scrap that idea. Yeah, then it'll be like, screw this. <laughs> Takes his ball and goes home. <laughs> so question number three, okay. and this is going to be for active Bruins players that are on the Bruins roster who also played their rookie season for the Bruins, who tallied the most points in their rookie season. So the thing that you have to keep in mind is they play on the Bruins roster currently. And they played for the Bruins. And they played on their rookie season on the Bruins. Okay. Who had the most points? That's correct. During their rookie season. I'm going to say Jake DeBrusque. He is in the top three, but you would be incorrect. Oh. Uh, oh, was it Danton Heinen? Ding, 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 oh, ding, 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 ding. Good ding. call. That's Number one with 47 one. points. Tricky little bastard. Yeah. Danton Heinen. I was uh, chuckling when you guys started talking about him earlier on in the show, uh, and I knew that I was going to ask that one coming up. And then, of course, number two is, yes, Jake DeBrusque. And for the bonus co- the bonus in the cookie shelf here, can you get number three, Matt? Redeem yourself. I'm going to say... This is a layup. Oh, Parsonak. Almost a layup, I guess. Marshan? No. Marshan, there you Marshan. go. Okay. Marshan. <laughs> Danton Heinen, huh? Son of a gun. I know. Maybe that's, maybe that's why everybody loves him. Yeah, I know. 47 points is rookie year. You expect an a jump the sophomore year. And what happened? 
jumped off the Charles River Bridge. Just jumped, jumped, <laughs> jumped and right to the never end. saw also, that kind of production again. Points with uh, Crosby and the Penguins uh, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nick Ritchie uh, for Dan Nine and mm-hmm. go down in the annals. The annals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us on social media at Bruins Benders. And, hey, subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page. It's been a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Thanks a lot for listening. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.